This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as Caramel Latte, Fireside, Sweet Potato and Brown Sugar, and our personal favorite, Orange Spice. This scent is wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to Grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. So be sure to visit sccandleco.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's sccandleco.com, where they lovingly craft each scent to elicit a fond memory, whisking you away to a place of pure joy. Now, let's get back into the episode. Hey, what's up, builders? We're back for another episode. And I just want to say Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. I know we have been knee deep in the hustle and bustle of holiday season for a few months now. So now that we are starting into a, you know, a transition, I don't know whether you all believe in New Year's or not, but the reality is there is a certain energy about the start of a new year. Um, whether you celebrate it, whether you just make resolutions and, you know, however you choose to go into a new calendar year, there is a specific energy around that as a transition. This episode is just going to be part reflective and also a part of uh, us making some commitments to ourselves, um, being resolved in giving to ourselves in this new year. So, and we're also going to be looking back on some episodes, some of our favorite episodes from LBF from 2021 as we go into 2022. 2021 turned out to be a year of transitions for me. At the beginning of the year, I was in a very different place, focused on centering others and my connections before myself. Throughout the year, as I began to lose those connections, I also began to transition in work, relationships, and otherwise from the person I knew myself as to the person I wanted to be. There were a lot of personal truths uncovered that showed me what roadblocks were hardening my journey to that person I desired to be. In this year, we discussed so many things on LBF from burnout, depression, closure, finances, accountability, criticism, and my newest favorite, anger. We met ourselves this year, not the people we wanted to see or be, but who we are. We learned that acceptance and working through our imperfections can coincide. We learned that we can love ourselves better than anyone else, even though we are still works in progress. We learn what we're good at, what we're great at, and what we need to work on. Most importantly, we learn that we are deserving, that there are some things we aren't willing to accept, that we can dare to demand more from ourselves in our lives and from others. We became braver in our brokenness and stronger in our mending, standing tall and intentional with our passions and placing placing ourselves on the list of the things that we're passionate about. We fell in love 
with the truth of who we are, not the idea. And we did these things by reflecting, by crying, by burning letters, switching jobs, starting new ventures, leaving, investing, confronting, healing, and building. We had the conversation. We spoke our truth. We tried. We failed. We tried again, succeeded. We lived an entire year despite a pandemic, despite grief, despite heartbreak, despite disappointment. We lived, thrived even, survived. We gained knowledge of ourselves and added tools to our toolbox through experience. Now we commit this year and all the rest to building the lives that we want, building the selves we want. I take this time to recommit to myself, 2022, as the year that I am focused on me, that I give myself the things that I desire and seek the things that I want. I am committed and resolved to give myself the best of each day, even if each day is not the best. I am committed to put myself in a position for the alignment to work, not just leading with the expectation that I am already aligned. I am committed to seek the things that are on my vision board instead of expecting them to just happen for me. I am committed to only allow myself in spaces that align with what I want, deserve, need, and also who I allow in my space. And we will continue to build all 2022. Oh my gosh, y'all. I am so excited to see what tools are in store for us. As we take a look back on our year in reflection, let's take the necessary steps forward in a new day, new blessings, a new experience, new opportunities to learn more, grow more, be more than we ever imagined. Cheers to you, Builder. Happy 2022. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Cantwell, the blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. This is Burnt Out to a Crisp, a talk about burnout and seasonal depression. And I have Rick of Relationship Talks with Rick and Naaman podcast. Go ahead and say something for the builders. Lesbian Fusions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. And again, here with me is Spa Danny. What's up, y'all? <laughs> So we're going to discuss what burnout is. So the official definition of burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive prolonged stress. And it occurs when we feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. So have y'all dealt with burnout and have you been dealing with it this past year? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we have. I, I I feel that I could speak for all of us. Yes, we have. Yeah. It's yeah. a reason why I did this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, Spy? I said most definitely. Yeah. How have you, when did you notice like you were burned out? Well, I, I can speak for myself. For me, it's like when my area starts to get more junky. Mm. And normal, like I, I'm kind of crazy about having my stuff be neat. And when everything starts to not be neat and I look around, I'm like, what's wrong with me? 
Yeah. Tired. Like I just want to lay on the couch. I don't want to do anything. That's when I. Yeah, I can definitely agree. Like you know, I'm I'm a mom, so like when I let everything like just go awry and like clutter is everywhere, my car, everything, and like you don't realize it when stuff starts to pile up until like you just step back. You like okay, something's not right. And then you look around and you like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out my life because this is not going to work. And then you start to like kind of pick apart things and you're like, okay, what is causing this? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so Yeah, definitely. I can relate to what you said, Rick. Like once I start realizing like my space is cluttered or for me, it's just like, I don't want to do things, but it's just like, I don't have the energy to Mm -hmm. actually do it. No motivation, no motivation no energy to actually get out and do the things that I really want to do and that just adds to the burnout too because then you start being hard on yourself mm-hmm. for not accomplishing you know simple tasks like washing right. the dishes folding the clothes that you got right. I got clothes right now that's still in the dry actually. listen in the back <laughs> but it's not because of burnout it's just because of life period but <laughs> okay seven to five business weeks stay in the basket until it's time to wash again that's how that works <laughs> but no i'm trying to be responsible and do things the right way and fold them first <laughs> that, that was the right way <laughs> me and that's how i organize my life i need to most of the time if it's a good week i try to fold them as soon as they could like as soon as they finish drying that that's a good good week that's how i'm mm-hmm. like okay i'm starting off on a good foot but when they start to pile up and i'm like well at least i washed them <laughs> I don't remember the last time I actually folded clothes as soon as they finished drying. I have no clue. I don't know listen, if in my life, so listen. When you're a mom, you gotta find some way to make it work. <laughs> everything will pile on if you don't. I mean, I feel like with burnout too, the it's like a it's like a, a paralysis that comes over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you will be thinking like I it's like so you know when you work in like your full time gig and then you go to do the other stuff that you do. Like at work, you'll be like kind of like lethargic because you said yeah. and then you get off like i'm gonna do all this stuff when i get off and it might even end up, it might not even be like something productive it could be like i'm gonna go to the store and i'm gonna go shopping i'm gonna do all of this stuff and this is like you get off and it's like i think i'm just gonna lay on this couch turn right netflix and chill with myself and then go to sleep yeah i tell uh a lot of times i'll get off work and me and uh, spy danny will call each other and i'll tell her yeah i gotta stop here 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 because once i get to the house I'm not going to have the energy to come back out. I have to do it like right in the moment. Otherwise I know it's not going to get done. Right. So um, I'll ask you in your own words, how do you feel like you personally got to a place of burnout? So either one of you can start. Um, I, I really started to recognize it. I, I recognized it a year, a couple years back. But I didn't really know what it was um, because I used to literally work seven days a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. And of course, me being the superhero mentality, I'm like, oh, I got to do this because I got to get to X, Y and Z. So I have to work all these all these hours, all, all these days because I have a goal to meet. not realizing like that was just adding on to it. But then when I got into another season where I was in a different job and it was I was driving less and I was still working I started working closer to home but I was still doing the same amount of work I was still doing the most and when I would be doing something that I love but 
I, I didn't have the motivation or desire to do it. Like I love helping people. I love working with them, but it was, it was, it was to the point sometimes where I literally had to p- peel myself out of the bed. I really, I had to peel myself out of the bed to be a mom. Like it was literally like a weight on my shoulders. And I was like, okay, what is this? Like, <laughs> I need, I need to figure this out because it's not, it's not a good look for me. Right. I feel like this is something you and I talked about quite a bit. And I feel like whenever I try to take on my mind moves really quickly. So I'll have like so many big ideas that I want to tackle. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to tackle every big idea all at the same time. Yeah. And then I end up spreading myself so thin that I can't do anything and that, that burns me out. So yes. I feel like that was like state that was level one. So like not, when I acknowledged that, like as a younger as a younger man, that I was trying to do too much and I need to focus on one thing, focusing on one thing helped. But then mm-hmm. I found out that the burnout came from giving my energy to other people and not being filled back up. So mm, that's, like me that's a good one. All the time. It's like you'll give your energy to 100 people <laughs> and they want <laughs> and they're pulling on you. Yeah. And, it, and it don't even have to be like productive energy. It could be like romantic en- energy. Somebody wants your attention for that. Somebody wants your help for something. Your parents need you, you know, a sibling. Mm-hmm. Needs you. And, and some, professionally, somebody could be reaching out to you professionally. It could be a lot going on at your job. And if you're constantly not taking that time for for yourself, like me, mm-hmm. I want and I was just like constantly just like, you need help. Like, I got you. Like, let me let me spend like my day with you instead of doing what I need to do. And then I looked up and nobody was feeling feeling into me the way that I mm-hmm. needed to feel into. Mm-hmm. And you weren't feeling into yourself. And I needed that time yeah. instead of instead of focusing on myself, I was just focusing on everybody else. And it kind of kept me distracted. And then I was like, just like use the episode title burnt to a crisp. I was burnt to a crisp. And then I was no good to anybody because I couldn't move. Not mm-hmm. even yourself, right? <clears throat> um, it's interesting because burnout happens periodically throughout throughout our life, right? So um, I first wrote about it two, maybe two years ago. Um, and when we think about burnout, we always think about being burnt out at work, right? Because we know the way that our society operates when it comes to work is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you know, is give your company, your corporation, your business, all of your time, your attention, be the hustler uh, mentality and no days off, never get tired. Right. That's, that's how we are taught to operate within business. And, you know, having to break out of that mindset from our parents who worked jobs for, you know, decades and poured, poured, poured into these companies only to get, you know, very little back. Um, that's what we're used to seeing. But when I realized I was burnt out, it was kind of like what you said, Rick, it was, it was in multiple areas of my life. It wasn't just work. And I had never heard anybody talk about it on that level. So I was burnt out at work, but I was also burnt out with, you know, being a part of the family life, trying to, you know, be super woman in that. At the time, I was burnt out in my relationship because, you know, I had to be superwoman on some level in that aspect and I wasn't getting filled back up. And then I was burnt out in some of my friendships as well, because it was just like when you give, give, give and you're not even paying attention to how you're filling your cup or you're not doing it yourself, because that's where where uh, self-care comes into play as well. Um, 
you become just drained. And I had got to a point where I was just like, it should not be this hard for me to operate on the daily task because I should have something that's pouring back into me. But I wasn't even doing that for myself. So when I think about burnout, um, this, this most recent one, I was burnt out creatively. And for me to know myself, I was like, I know I have enough creative energy to carry me throughout this lifetime. I know I have more than enough. What's happening here? And I realized I was burnt out in my routine that was affecting these other aspects as well. So I want people to, to think about the different areas that burnout can happen because it's not just work. It's not just your career life. It's your home life. It's your everyday routines. It's your relationships, your connections with other people. And if you're not paying attention to how you are expending your energy, a lot of times you're going to get to a place where you feel drained and where you feel like you can't even get out of bed in the morning. All right, the one that got away. So do you believe in a one that got away? Yeah, because I'm not I'm the one that always gets away. <laughs> Honestly. How so? Like what is okay, so what does that mean? Like I know let's let's for just my life, for my life, it's like I'm the one, I'm the friend, and I'm here for you like when you need me. <laughs> but <laughs> it was strong. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I'm here for for the guy when when he needs me the most or whatever. But it's just like when I need him, he he doesn't he doesn't come to my rescue. And like for as far as like a relationship, I'm never chosen. Or if I am chosen, it's not all of me. It's like only part of me. Mm. So yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Basically the same. Like the one that got away. Uh, usually it's like. The guy, especially when I was younger, they'd feel like, oh, I can't give you what you deserve. So I got to let you go. Mm-hmm. And so it was the, always that kind of um, emotional manipulation, because that's basically yeah. what it is. Um, really? that, that kind of thing where it's just like, I'm going to keep you on a thread and I'm going to try to come back around, which is why I have my sweatshirt on. Nobody's fucking maybe. That's also a blog post. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like, maybe we'll come back around to each other, you know, use that saying that people always use. leaving that hope, like that false yeah. hope, like, oh, I'm gonna come back for you. Blah, blah, always blah. leaving that damn door open. Yeah. Close <laughs> so, it. The one that got away is uh, also like a lot of guys, like they'll feel like they messed up and it's just like, I'll decide to leave the situation or they'll feel like they don't have what it takes to be on the level that they need to be in the moment. And so they'll leave and it's just like, okay well now you circling back around because you feel like I'm the one that you could really like build and you really mm-hmm. loved or whatever the case may be whatever childish stuff we tell ourselves like right. the difference is like I used to romanticize the idea of being the one that got away um a lot especially when I was younger um yeah. now I'm just like that's just it's, it's bs <laughs> for real it really is um because I didn't get away either you lost me or I chose to leave. It's not like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I used to romanticize it too. And then like, 
romanticize the idea of oh I'm the one that mm. that he he really loves he really loves he might be with her but he really loves me like girl yeah. that's a surprise like that's not a, that's what are not you getting from that honey buddy about. <laughs> what you getting from it nothing, nothing, nothing you're not all. getting anything um i think i already did a nobody's fucking baby episode but it kind of ties into that because like it was just like maybe maybe we can get back together if we <laughs> Maybe. and holding on to that maybe like it was something Listen, special hold on to it for dear girl <laughs> or dear life no sir so like a lot of times when i think about the one that got away it's just like you know um based on like what your self-esteem level was at that time like a lot of times you'll use that as like a badge of honor mm-hmm. like you said like oh i'm the i'm the i'm the person that this other person longs for i'm the one that they still want and that they can't necessarily have because they know they messed up or whatever the case may be but it's just like mm, then you still didn't choose me like you didn't you didn't choose <laughs> You would choose yourself because I'm a blessing. And if you oh, chose yeah, yourself, you wouldn't allow me. Most, most importantly, <laughs> you didn't choose that because I'm a real blessing out here. But okay. Like, you didn't even choose us. You didn't fight for us. Like, that's no. Nah, you going with God, going over there. <laughs> Go and be. So, uh, y'all know I love my quotes. So, the fixation on the idea of someone you once romantically connected with will have you questioning the reality of the connections you're currently in. Mm-hmm. Plainly, the one that got away is the tape you measure every romantic love by, ensuring that you're never truly satisfied satisfied with what's in front of you. Do you feel like it's, that's true? Yeah. Like, literally, like I said, romanticizing the fact, like, oh, I'm the one that he really wants to be with. Mm-hmm. And, like, either choosing not to move on and, to, you know, continuing to wait for them. <laughs> Or if you do move on, it's like it's still like that door is still open for them to come back. And it's just like, but, right. Yeah, let it go. And I used to feel bad for like if a guy comes back and says like, oh, you the one that got away. You the one I let slip through my fingers. But you in a relationship. OK. And I'm just like, I feel Who's really bad word? for your partner, because at this point, you're still comparing her to something that may be non-existent because I'm not that same person anymore. You don't know me no more. (laughs) You don't know what I like. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what I think. Like I'm not the same person. And so like you're comparing someone who is attempting to be in a relationship or a connection with you to something that's no longer even existent. So to me, it's just messed up. up. I used to really like literally be married to a maybe like literally like married I to a maybe no <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't move on or I would feel like I was in a relationship with somebody when I really wasn't and I couldn't talk to nobody else because of the maybe like oh they may come back or you know he's still thinking about me or he's still reaching out so I can't I can't go and talk to nobody else it's mm-hmm. like I kept myself from a I ain't gonna say a lot of good people because they could have been trash too, but <laughs> I kept myself from a lot of stuff because I was holding on to a lot of maybes. And it's just like, uh, girl, what? Girl, same here. I mean, um, I was in a whole other relationship. I and wasn't with the guy, I guess, for like two years, two, three years. 
um had a whole nother relationship with someone else during that time and I was still holding on to him like oh he's the one I really want he's the one I really truly love like and until he comes back I can't just sit here and wait I guess I can go and have experiences with other people until he decides he wants me back oh god my self-esteem was in the trash Ooh, I'm <laughs> in the, in the trash. trash good lord <laughs> Who low down dirty shame I can't oh, thank God for growth it says we protect mama at all costs we acknowledge the ways that daddy's flaws affected us but we blindly uphold the sainthood of our mothers, even to the detriment of acknowledging the realities of their flaws. So what y'all think about that? That quote in particular. I think it might be different for women. Because um, for me, I like saw all my mother's flaws and made sure I made a vow to myself that uh, when I got into like a serious relationship, it wouldn't be any similarities I could compare. Okay. Mm. Um, I can say the same. I was able to see all of my mom's flaws, so I kind of grew up like I don't want to be like that. Gotcha. What you uh care? <laughs> um, I agree to a certain extent. Like, I guess like younger Kira agrees, and like the older Kira understands like and sees her flaws and just like okay yeah I need to change up some stuff so I'm, I don't continue to cycle right um mine was different uh my mom had sainthood very much so in my mind and I mean she still does to some you know extent today I just I became more of a realist about the ways that her humanity kind of affected me as a child and as an adult and uh I was able to be honest with myself once I became a woman and understood what that meant and what that looked like. So, yeah, I think everybody is going to have a, a different interpretation of that quote and that definition. But that was something I wrote just thinking about my own journey. Um, why don't you think like, why do you believe people don't really think mommy issues is as recognizable as daddy issues? Because we're with our mother from birth on daddy usually has a choice to be around and if daddy leaves it's more noticeable to see those issues and how they come how they make us mm -hmm. versus being in the same house with an individual that raised us and provided for us we're not supposed to um call them out on their flaws because they're doing mm -hmm. what they're supposed to be doing i like that one that's that's very true i think that's you know part of the root of it is uh you always are supposed to show that appreciation. And so sometimes when you're honest, you know how they say like black parents think uh, um, of disrespect when you're just being honest with them. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things that can tie into there where it's just like, you know, honestly, this is how my experience was as a child um, with you. But then they see that as something that you're not supposed to actually call out. What y'all yeah. think? Yeah, I agree. I agree strongly. Um, cause there's a lot of things that, you know, growing up your moms would do that weren't good at all. Um, whether you were a boy or a girl, <laughs> they weren't healthy, mm -hmm. but if you would call her out on it, it's like, I take care of you. 
you you can't tell me what to do. I make sure you're okay. Right. You're the child. I'm the parent. Mm -hmm. Like you you cursed her out or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Telling her something about herself. It's like you cursing her out. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think mothers just do a good job of masking their flaws by always pointing out the flaws of the father? Um... I think that in some families that is true. Um, One of the exercises I did in one of my counseling sessions was to assign a role to everyone in my family, whether they were alive or not, you know, just from my childhood experiences. And one of the roles they had up there was scapegoat. And the definition that fit a scapegoat um, was everything that we did, you know, as a family and, you know, my mother as a a partner to my father. And so I think that is... um, a reality that we have to face is like sometimes you aren't able to even think about mama's flaws because you're so used to it being pointed out what daddy doing wrong you know you don't have room to think about nobody else doing anything wrong because he's always that scapegoat I literally have these type of conversations all the time. And every time I see the content, I'm like, damn, that hit. I got to <laughs> hold up. Let me check myself at the door. Um, so it's definitely great to, to have this discussion with you guys. Thank you. Um, you definitely uh, put me on a different. I mean, I was already on this path to have this discussion, but I kept pushing it back. Um, so when you hit me up and you were like accountability, I was just like, no, you said discernment. And I was like, well, I'm already having a discussion of accountability. And I just felt like it, it would fit so well into this particular discussion. So I just want to start off with defining accountability. And then we're going to jump right into this. <laughs> so accountability is the fact or condition of being accountable or responsibility. Mm. Mm-hmm. Responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you said the magic <laughs> words. Um uh, essentially, even when you break it down, uh, response ability, how do you respond to certain situations? How do you respond? Uh, on one of my old albums, I had a song called Crown, where I was like, how do you act when the blame is on you? Mm-hmm. And when all eyes on you, when the weight of a situation or a decision is left in your hands, or when there's no one else there to take your blame, how do you respond? How do you react? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people start to fold like napkins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fold like napkins. And it's understandable because um, we live in this society. Y- yeah. Because you got to realize like it's a conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like we're not naturally supposed to be um, capitalistic or, or, you know, all these other quote unquote negative attributes, these right. things are learned. Like we come into this world, what is it, what is it, the Bible says we come into the world without sin, but mm-hmm. the reality is like, we're coming into this world. Oh, dang it. Now I got to plug in my computer and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Know, we'll look, cut this part hey. out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll remember coming to this world and pick back up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I could cut it out the audio though, but they're going to see all this fumbling on the video. Man, you know what? They're going to see it all, bro. That's fine. It, it, it makes it more dynamic. 
<laughs> it makes it more dynamic. It makes it more honest. Okay, y'all, exactly. we are just Listen, two people we, having a conversation. Literally. Like, <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> See, that happens to me every time I go live. I be like, oh, dang, I ain't charged my phone. I think that's why my voice is gone today. <laughs> All right, I'm with you. All right, and you were so you were saying that we come into this world and we kind of learn these. Um, we are conditioned to learn yeah. uh, negative aspects of you know different things that we do. So lack of accountability being one of them. Yeah, um, I, I think so. Um, yeah. Now there there is. Um, I don't think there's a positive and negative when it comes to the learning. I think that. Um, we have to learn both sides of the coin. Like we learn to be, to do these bad things because of the immediate benefit. Right. But we also learn these good things based on, you know, how our parental figures act and, and so on. Like me, I, there's points where I naturally hold myself accountable just because like, I got taught to not lie. Like I would tell like, kind of like a, like a little, like I have true type mm-hmm. almost, but, or omit things, but I would never outright like just lie. Just lie. Yeah. I, I, that's I me. I can't do it. it I'm it's, bad it's at not it. In my DNA. <laughs> I'm bad at it. So it's just right. like, let me not even, you know, try. Um, I think the one interesting thing that you just spoke on was learning the two different sides of the coin. So when accountability is useful and when it's not. And I think that speaks to the part of discernment with understanding when you're supposed to hold yourself accountable and when you're not supposed to hold yourself accountable because right. if you're not clear in you you know and in, in aspects about who you are people will try to make you hold yourself accountable for things that aren't your responsibility or aren't you know yours to take ownership of um so with that being said, I want to ask, like, how does accountability fit into our life experience? How do they fit? How does accountability fit into our relationships? Um, I think with. So when it comes to relationships, um, I think that there's two things and this can kind of this will expand probably as we continue to have the conversation. But the two things that you should always be accountable for is um, your actions and um to an extent your decisions like the the consequences of your your decisions so for example if if you and your partner are going out and like you only got a certain amount of gas in your car and Mm. you know that but your partner doesn't then you're (laughs) accountable for y'all breaking down on the road because you made a decision to not go oh you know what i love that example (laughs) because people don't realize it's that stuff in a relationship it's the little it'd be, the, it'd be the, uh. it's like yo you didn't think to be responsible on this level to make our life experience together more comfortable like you didn't think to check and and to to be responsible for yourself not not just me but to to make your life easier you didn't, you didn't think to put the gas in the car or to do to take the trash out you didn't think to do all this exactly stuff. and it'd be the smallest decisions mm-hmm. that have uh, roll over consequences that we don't necessarily realize yeah um, and then of course being accountable for your actions now you can kind of sort of throw how people feel into that um into that talk because yes if if you're being um what's the word um if you're not 
taking uh taking if you're not being considerate right mm. like it, it'd be weird if I just come on here loud blasting music like that's not considerate to the platform right. so quiet space and so on and you you made that very very adamant in the email okay um did I but, make it <laughs> nah, just, um, Look, I try to just be clear with my intentions which is a part of being accountable too I can't expect for you to show up in a certain way if I'm not holding myself accountable for communicating exactly what my expectations are exactly. so even with something like this I learned through my experience, like, okay, be clear and intentional because some people, this would be their first experience Yo, on this kind of thing. I literally made a blog post today about being like intentionality. Like mm. you can't do anything haphazardly because yes. ultimately you're going to like, um, my shamanism teacher said, right thought, right intention, right action. Oh, so I like that. You can have the right action, but if your intent isn't there, then it's just going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. um, see capitalism. <laughs> um you can have the right <laughs> intention but if you don't take any actions towards the intention or you take the wrong action then you're going to have to face the consequences of that action you can have the right intent and the right action but if you're not cultivating the healthy thought patterns for doing the action then you kind of defeat the purpose of even doing it like you're yeah mm, i think when it especially when it comes to uh intentionality and what people intend um it's like they intend with the purpose of getting specific results, not realizing that even though their intentions might be there, maybe they faltered somewhere in their actions or their thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And then the end result uh, changed because of those dynamics. Mm -hmm. And then they still don't want to hold themselves accountable because, oh, the intention was there. I intended something different. I, yeah, like I, my intention was this, but right. your action said this. Right. So. Uh, you and it's important or your in, the impact was different like yeah. your intentions might have been clear or not clear but your intentions might have been pure or it might have been on par for whatever the situation or issue was however the impact was different and that is what you're supposed to take accountability for mm -hmm. like you do there is a certain you're not the responsibility of how someone feels isn't on you, but it is your job to hold yourself accountable for what, I guess, the possibilities of how you make someone feel, if that makes sense. Because like, we're I'm influenced. Of, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even as, as artists, right, or as creators in general, you know, although we want to just put out any kind of art however we want to and say what we want to say because that's the nature of the platform, we have to consider, like, if I'm talented at what I do and I'm just saying things haphazardly, like, mm -hmm. am I looking at the impact of those words? Um, right. And yeah, like I, I try to impress that in my music, like, and oh, I mean, definitely hear it in the music. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and, and shift, shifted the direction a little bit. Well, not shifted, but became more grounded in the direction of guys. This is not just, this is something that can create a life for you mm -hmm. so be more intentional like are you just rapping or are you putting a specific purpose behind your music right. um, and you know I think artists tend to not be intentional because they're copying what is popular or whatever but that's people in general if yeah. we're being honest and that's yeah. why I say like we have to understand that we are influencers to each other 
and that we are influenced as well. So while it's just like the conversation of your partner's happiness is not your responsibility, I do believe that. However, I do think the maintenance is because you can influence that person to either be able to live fully and vibrantly in happiness, or you can influence based on your actions and the connection they have with you. You might be taking something away from the happiness that they cultivated or had before they got to you. So it is your job to maintain it and to notice when they're struggling with it. Um, But that's what anything. And I think when we're talking about being accountable, we have to realize that we are influencers. So no, someone else's feelings might not be your total responsibility, but if you do something and it influences someone to feel in a negative way, take ownership of that. (laughs) That's a direct relation to your action, to your behavior. Exactly. And you can't just like uh, throwing a rock and then hiding your hand. You can't just walk away and be like, oh, well, However you uh, take well, it is however you take it. It happens. Yeah. No, like, no. <laughs> That's not how healthy connection works. And um, accountability is one of those things where I feel like a lot of us struggle with it. Um, and we were kind of touching on that before. Why do you think that is? Um, I think that we struggle with accountability because it, it's almost like, we we forego the consequences like people don't think about the uh, and i know you listen to the project so the first track krs1 says if you if more people took responsibility for the outcome of their actions along with the causes mm-hmm. the world would be a safer better place part of my french but niggas don't want to be like niggas don't want to face the consequences of what they do like they want the rewards, but they, they want all. Concept- the, they want all. The, mm-hmm. They want the yeah. I want the yeah. The yeah. victory, like. But you know, you have to do X, Y, Z to do that, right? You know, you gotta, you know, focus and, and discipline and all of this other stuff. And you want X, Y, Z like that? No, sir. <laughs> you think even um, even when developing your self spiritually, like um, me uh, me and my friend talked about this where like people like hop in and, and, oh my gosh, I'm doing the shadow work and then just leave it alone and go back to their regular life. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, like it has to be a lifestyle change. You have to be disciplined in order to see the benefits of you having healthier thought patterns. You have to right. like working on yourself every day instead of just once out of the week. And Committed to it. Yeah, you got to commit yourself. So that really is why people don't want to be held accountable because they're afraid mm-hmm. of the consequences. And, and they um, don't want to commit themselves to that kind of growth either. I think when, when we talk about accountability, it's not it's not something that goes away. It's something that you cultivate and that you continuously nurture as you mature, as you build that emotional intelligence. Usually, especially if you're talking about like your spiritual journey, that's your spirit is going to be so convicted that you ain't got no choice sometimes but to hold yourself accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but people sometimes don't, I don't feel like they want to commit to that level of doing the work because at first it is hard. And that was one of the things we said before we start recording. It is hard work. And you said it doesn't have to be hard. 
And I looked, I thought about it and I was like, well, now I feel like holding myself accountable isn't so hard now that I've been doing it. It's like a emotional muscle that I've been working um, and that I'm getting stronger with. So it's just like, it's, it doesn't hit me as hard when someone tells me I did something wrong as it would have when I was in my earlier 20s and someone said I did something wrong. Because I right. can know, I know that, well, if I did something that affected you negatively or I did something that uh, affected a situation or impacted a situation in a way that I didn't intend, mm -hmm. I can stand in that and know that it doesn't diminish who I am as a person. I can both be wrong and still be valuable. And I, so that means I can take that accountability and keep moving forward. One thing I wrote was, real closure is a little messy. It's not always going to feel complete. Closure isn't always a conversation. Sometimes it's an action. Closure can be sudden or gradual, and it actually doesn't require two people. Closure is personal. So the first yeah. question I'll ask is, is closure a myth? I, I don't think so. I think... I don't think it's a myth per se. Yeah, I'm sorry. My my voice is gonna be <laughs> I was about to say, it's what? Pollen. <laughs> this pollen is, I don't even know. Like, I was fine before we started recording. I don't understand. <laughs> that voice was going oh, in and out God. like an ox cord. Sorry, <laughs> the dollar stuff. I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> I'm over it already. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm over. No, I ask you. Do you think closure is? I know. I can't talk every time I say something. <laughs> Look, my voice is a little hoarse too. It's a little rough around the edges, but <laughs> clear it out. So, okay, I'll go ahead. Um, <laughs> closure to me, I don't think it's a myth. Um, I think that sometimes we think it's a myth because we don't get the kind of closure that we want. But just because we don't get the kind of closure that we think, um, and a lot of people think it's that two-part conversation you have with somebody that comes to Jesus moment where you yeah. can express yourself and get everything okay. out on the table, right? And then you can leave all amicably and all that is like, but that's, that is a form of closure, but that's not all there is to closure. Like there are different forms of closure. And so I think a lot of people just stop there and they think that closure is a myth simply because they haven't had that conversation that they wanted, but you deciding that you're going to move on is closure in itself. Um, yeah, in my opinion. I was going to say, yeah, it's not a myth, um, but I was going to say like a lot of people think it's only one form, but it's not like, you know, um, especially like, and a lot of people miss out on like the close the self closure that you can get. Like they always feel like it has to be a two part. Mm -hmm. But a lot of time, well, most of the time it's for you anyways. Like for you to close the door, for you to like you know walk away or whatever. But <clears throat> a lot of people think that oh because they don't get the conversation from the other person or response or whatever they're looking for that it doesn't exist. Right. 
All right. So with that being said, what does closure mean to you currently? Currently, hmm. um, I'll just say this: like I've been doing a lot of shadow work, a lot of shadow work. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what happened? The light just cut off. This ring, you in the shadows right thing. now, for real, for real. <laughs> but we gonna keep it moving. They can't see me in anyway. um, okay. <clears throat> Like I was saying, I've been doing a lot of shadow work and. A lot of stuff has been coming to the surface. Like a lot of stuff that I thought was fixed was really mm. broken. <laughs> and like every time, every time like I think I'm over something that came to the surface, like I'm like, dang, that's broke too. Like <laughs> right, like damn. <laughs> and so, and I realized that a lot of things that were still broken that I didn't really realize were still broken was because I never got the closure that I thought that I needed, Mm -hmm. but I never gave myself the closure either. Right. And Um, I just moved on just for the sake of moving on. Right. Now, when I say that closure is, um, can be moving on, I mean, like with peace, like it's a difference to me, like being able to move on and have peace about the situation. Right. Um, and it is the difference of <clears throat> moving on and you just moving on because you, you, you ain't got no choice. other choice <laughs> and like you still hurt and you still right. carrying all that baggage and mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a little bit of a difference whenever you can make peace with the situation and then you choose to like progress through your life because it's not like you're carrying all that hurt and that pain with you. Right. That's closure. You know, when I think the secret ingredient is that peace portion. Right. Um, Y'all, I was out here looking like the bad lady. You hear me? I was carrying around stuff that I didn't even remember. <laughs> like, and you know what? <laughs> um, so uh, was today is uh, Monday. We're recording this, and today I shared the healing process episode. And on that episode, I talked. Uh, we talked about you know healing, and that that was one of the things we said was like you know how important it is to heal whenever you're coming into contact with other people, and also like carrying all those bags with you start to weigh you down, and it mm-hmm. can prevent you from having that peace, prevents you from having that closure because you don't want to let go because of whatever that pain might remind you not to make the same mistake, so you feel some kind of comfort in that pain, which is a thing. Right. Well, hold on to their baggage because it's a reminder, um, you know, for them to not make the same mistakes or not to be as vulnerable. So they hold on to it because it's like an armor. But the reality is like <clears throat> in order to be healthy, you got to like have closure with different situations. And you got to find that peace. Like cause yeah. for me, like my armor was old. I'm independent and I can do this by myself and I don't need nobody, blah, 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 blah. And in return, first of all, yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And second, it's just like, that's not cute to be carrying all that and to just be sticking your chest out all the time because what you really like haven't acknowledged is like, I'm hurt and I've been hurt and I'm still hurting but like you want to you know you want to get over it so so much that you just you know want to say whatever 
to make you feel better. It's just like it's okay to admit that you're hurt. It's okay to admit that you're not over it. Like right. it's okay. Oh, the the first step is admittance, and people don't want to do that. Mm-mm. Nobody don't want to admit they hurt. But also, like, so back to the question, like, closure means to me, like I said, part of it is peace, and the other part is like, is choosing yourself because mm-hmm. on some level whatever situation that you're leaving is probably a situation that wasn't healthy for me for you in, in some kind of way right um or that you weren't but we don't realize that it, situation though. in return we don't realize you know? it <laughs> we don't, sometimes we don't you know hopefully the older you get the the more you realize it so like me currently a lot of the closure I get is from saying okay well look at the situation for what it was where you getting what you needed where you getting what you deserve you know and how were you showing up in that person's life were you being your best self were they being their best self for right. you and if the answers to that don't align with my desires and my you know the things that I actually do deserve then that's how I get the closure is is by understanding that I'm not losing anything that is of true value to my life and to what I want you know before we get out of here I want to give you the task of just looking back on your year the good the bad the indifferent what did you uncover about yourself what did you discover about who you are whether you did that with OBF podcast whether you did that in therapy whether you did that through conversations or experiences what did you learn about yourself this year and how can you allow that to be um, conductive in how you transition into 2022. For me, there are so many episodes that, you know, I couldn't share them all. I shared a a few clips from some of the ones that were truly impactful for me, but I'm pretty sure you have your own favorite LBF episodes or conversations. But there was so much that happened for me this year very much a 360 from where I was last year during this time. And when I reflect back on my personal journey, I'm so inspired by my growth. I'm so inspired by how I've been able to handle the good and the bad and how I have become more determined than ever before in my life to truly give myself the things that I say I want, to truly become the best version of myself. So that that means I have to talk more about the things that make me uncomfortable. If that means I need to deal with my anger, if that means I need to conduct closure, if that means I need to transition out of a job or, into a new field of work, I'm going to do it. And I know a lot of you can relate to a lot of things we discussed this year. You let me know what you still feel like you would love to hear at allthingslbf at gmail.com. I love when you send in topic ideas. 
when you talk to me about the things that are important to you, because of course I get inspired to talk about it here on the show. But as I take with you, my builders into 2022, I know that I'm taking the best parts of who you are. I don't know all of your journeys throughout this year, but you made it intact, right mind, right body, right spirit. You're here. And I'm so happy. Give yourself a pat on the back because I know for me, my year was not easy. (laughs) I went through a lot this year. A lot of things that I didn't anticipate, a lot of things that I did that turned out to be a little bit harder than I anticipated. But I also had a lot of joy in my life and it made me determined to give myself more. So stay tuned, stay tuned because we are in this together. You can't leave me now because we've been rocking for a while. And as we go into 2022, we are going to continue to have that hard conversation. We are going to continue to add those tools to our toolbox. And we are going to continue to build up the lives that we want by becoming the people that we desire to be. Until next time, Builder, I love y'all. Happy 2022.